Today, from the International Gospel Hour, let's think about morality and the distinction between right and wrong or good and bad behavior. What is the best pattern for morality? Let's examine this today, and that's coming up right here from the International Gospel Hour. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. We're so glad you decided to listen to our program today. Our intent is to inform you and to encourage you. This is Are You Listening? with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. In a busy world with lots of distractions, we need to pay closer attention to God. Are you listening to God's Word today? Here's Jeff. Thank you to our J-Web and greetings to everyone. It is so good to have you join us for our study today, and we look forward to joining you each and every week through this avenue of which you are listening. Whether over-the-air radio, through our Internet friends, or podcast providers, we are honored that you would join us as we study the Word of God together. For well close to 90 years, the International Gospel Hour has been on the air somewhere each week. What a blessing God has provided for us, the open doors that He has brought forth. And today we want to continue and to think on these things from the Word of God. You heard our Jay Webb moments ago, our kind announcer. In just a little bit, he'll tell you a little bit more about our YouTube channel, also a free Bible course by mail, and also some information about our friends at House to House, Heart to Heart. Lord willing, we hope we have the time available, so let's get started with a wonderful text from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. John writes, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God wants us to understand that while a God of love, we must also understand His severity. As designed and described in Romans 11.22, Therefore consider the goodness and severity of God. On those who fell, severity. But toward you, goodness, if you continue in His goodness, otherwise you also will be cut off. There are times, friends, that we must pause and examine the negative aspects that will destroy our lives. We must avoid them. We must know and be reminded that God warns us because He loves us. That is reflected in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 12, of the affection of a father, and how we will honor those fathers in the flesh who correct us, shall we not much more reflect or honor the father of spirits and live? We understand that for the ungodly enemies and sinners, Christ died for us that we may overcome the matters that we face. Reflecting in this is Romans 5, verses 6 through 10, that says, For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than, having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. 
For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Therefore, friends, we should serve God not only because we know it is the right thing to do, but because we love Him for what He has done for us. We serve our Lord Jesus Christ not just because He is the Son of God, but because we love Him for the fact that He was willing to die for us. We love the Holy Spirit, not just because He is part of the Godhead, but we love Him and the Word of God that He has revealed unto us to guide our lives. The gospel is the message that we share with the world because we echo the words of Peter in 2 Peter 3, verse 9, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And with that, God gave us the church because He loves us. The church was purchased by His Son, His blood, Acts 20 and verse 28. And through the church, we have the blessing of being redeemed and remaining faithful to His cause, Revelation 2 and verse 10, and 1 John 1 and verse 7. Seeing the great love of God, dear friends, let us think of things that would pull one away from the greatest love known as we consider the battle of morality versus immorality. What is the best pattern for morality? Now, as we think about morality, well, it's the opposite is immorality, which is a word that means to not conform to the patterns of conduct usually accepted or established as consistent with principles of personal and social ethics. Now, that's a pretty lengthy description or a definition of the word immorality. But, dear friends, when we fail to conform to the right patterns of conduct that are consistent with principles of personal and social ethics, well, we have to ask the question, what would be the pattern of conduct in that daily battle? Let's consider today in our studies some patterns of morality, and then we want to work through them to see what is the best pattern for morality. Now, before we begin our study, as I mentioned moments ago, our Jay Webb is going to join us for just a few seconds as he's going to tell you about our YouTube channel. We hope you'll find this of good interest in our studies there on YouTube as well. Here is our Jay Webb. You hear us over the air and online? Check out the International Gospel Hour YouTube channel and view us as well. See episodes of Book, Chapter, and Verse available through our friends at the Gospel Broadcasting Network, hosted by our Jeff Archie. And stay tuned for the new weekly TV version of the International Gospel Hour coming soon. That's the International Gospel Hour channel on YouTube. Subscribe today. It's free. Let's ask, dear friends, would man's own heart, conscience, or his desire, all of that is given by God, would that be the pattern? We understand from Genesis 2 and verse 7 how that the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So God has granted unto man his own heart or mind, conscience, or desire in his creation of man. Well, could that be the pattern? Could that be our guide? 
In Jeremiah 10:23, Jeremiah said, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Hmm, that's interesting. How about Proverbs 14:12? There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. How about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. So it's not in man to direct his own steps, and there is a way that seems right, but it's not. And man is not to lean on his own understanding. So, dear friends, it cannot be our hearts or our conscience. Our way is simply not God's way. Man's heart is not a right pattern. It must be an obedient heart unto God. But it cannot be the authority. Well, if that's the case, then man could do anything that he wants. And we know how dangerous that can be when we go after our own thoughts and not consider other things. So man's own heart, conscience, or desire... That's not the pattern of morality. Now, would others, or as we would say, would the world's persuasion be the pattern? I mean, what does the world say about this? What is the recent survey? How do people feel about this? Well, the answer is found in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. In Exodus 23 and verse 2, Moses, God through Moses said, You shall not follow a crowd to do evil, nor shall you testify in a dispute so as to turn aside after many to pervert justice. Well, now we're getting a little bit of idea here. Hmm. Now let's go to the New Testament, to Matthew seven thirteen and 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Well, just because others may say something is right, and the majority may say it is right, dear friends, that's not the standard. Now, if one man's heart is not the right pattern, then how could a multitude of hearts be the right pattern? So, the world's persuasion, that's not our standard of authority or our standard of morality. May we share with you a third possibility. Would the situation itself or the circumstances be the pattern? We discuss and call this situation ethics from time to time. But you know, in Judges 21-25, we recall the days of the judges when Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Now, when you take that statement, that scripture, and you build it from our first two points, do you see where we're going? In 2 Corinthians 5.10, we are reminded that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. So, from the very outset... Circumstances should not determine what is right or wrong in a matter or situation, or what may be right in this situation may be bad in this certain situation. You know, dear friends, one cannot do evil hoping good may come or 
for that matter, commit sin, thinking the end result is salvation, this is not the standard of morality, dear friends. We have to think on these things. Hmm. Now, now let's keep building. Would perverting God's Word be the pattern? Now, folks, you may think, well, wow, that's pretty radical, but bear with me. Recall when Jesus was tempted by the devil, by Satan himself, in Matthew chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. About the first 12 verses of Matthew 4, we find where Jesus has fasted in the... In the, uh, in the woods, 40 days and 40 nights, within the forest, Satan has come to him. He's tempting him. And in verses 6 and 7 of Matthew 4, he says, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He shall give His angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, It is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now, dear friends, isn't it something how Satan did use Scripture? I mean, Satan even stated, for it is written. But you see, he was using it for his own advantage. You see, he used Scripture, but he didn't use it for truth, because there is no truth within Satan, none whatsoever. For John eight forty four affirms, to where Jesus is rebuking those of his day, and he said, You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Dear friends, it's very easy to pervert the word of God. It's very easy to create questions that people would doubt God. There are many a young faith that has been derailed because they did not have the proper root, and they would go off to college somewhere and their faith would be torn down. Some do wish to twist God's word for their own justification. But the true justification for man is according to God and His word. If we look upon God's Word as being something that's obsolete, something that does not guide us, we're making a tragic mistake, dear friends. Would perverting the Word of God be the pattern? I mean, is that Word so obsolete that we need to take it and, and not be as effective? Again, dear friends, some wish to twist God's Word for their own justification, but let's listen a little bit about justification from Romans three, twenty four through twenty six. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God sent forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Now let's look at verse 24. Justified freely by his grace. That is beautiful. His grace that saves, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. A grace of which we are taught and instructed by that grace, as we note from Titus 2, 11 through 14. 
but it is through the redemption in Jesus Christ. Through God's grace and His mercy, He sent Christ to die for the world, John 3.16. Redemption is only in Jesus Christ, only in Christ and none other. Therefore, God sent Him forth as a propitiation, or as we would define that, the price to be paid, the buyback. I am going to buy you back from Satan, and the blood of Christ is the greatest gift and the greatest price that could be paid. But it must be accepted through faith. And that demonstrates the righteousness of God. And it demonstrates His forbearance. You see, what God is bringing forth is, if you will, a beautiful pattern. To demonstrate at the present time His righteousness, not only the present time then when Paul was writing the book of Romans, but the present time even until now. That He might be the just and justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. To God be the glory. Therefore, dear friends, perverting God's word is not the pattern. If people want to pick and choose or alter God's Word and say, hey, this is our pattern for morality, that would not be the case. So let's pause here and think about what four possible patterns we've looked at. Well, man's own heart, conscience, or desire? No, dear friends, it's not in man to direct his steps. Again, Jeremiah 10.23. So, would man's heart, conscience, and desire need guidance? Well, we would say yes. Well, now, would that guidance come from the world around him? Well, again, dear friends, if one man's heart is not the right pattern, how could a multitude of hearts be the right pattern? Would the situation determine the morality, what is right, what is wrong? Well, as we note there, dear friends, that's not the case either. And neither is perverting the Word of God. None of these are the proper patterns of morality. What will guide us? What will teach us and instruct us truthfully? Now, dear friends, what I'm about to bring forth, well, I know the world does not agree. But, dear friends, from the International Gospel Hour broadcast, we are not concerned with what the world may determine But we are concerned with what God's Word has to say about matters. And individuals that will turn to the Word of God get their answers for life and will guide them into a better way. So the question, would God's Word be the pattern? Would God's Word, the Holy Bible, be the best pattern for morality? Without a doubt, dear friends, there is no doubt about it. It is from God Himself, God who created us, God who will guide us, God who will instruct us, and the Word of God, the Bible, from God Himself. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Did you catch that part, instruction in righteousness? That we are instructed into what is right. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. God breathed. We see its profit therein, and it will instruct us in righteousness. 
Now, dear friends, this may kind of bring a smile to your face, but when you are instructed in righteousness, you're not going to follow wrongness. Now, you're going to say, whoa, wait a minute, uh, Jeff, there's no such word as wrongness. Well, dear friends, it is now. And so we are going to be instructed in righteousness. So let me grasp the book. In 1 Corinthians 2, 11 through 13, verse 11 The question is asked, What man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. You see, I don't know what you're thinking. You don't know what I'm thinking. We have to express that. Well, in verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world. Well, that would take us back to where the world is not the pattern. But the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Dear friends, the Word of God is not a word that we need the Holy Spirit to come alongside of us to help us understand it. The Holy Spirit has spoken the Word of God, guided holy men to write it, 1 Peter chapter 1, or 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, guided man to write the Word of God. The Holy Spirit has delivered the Word completely, and we can understand it as the Holy Spirit reveals God's will through Christ, through the Word of God. That's why one can look at Ephesians 5, 8 through 10 to see that you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Now listen to verse 9. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. The truth. Did you catch that? The fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. The truth that will set one free, John 8, 32. The truth that is, is, the truth that is, if you will, Jesus Christ, John 14, 6. This is the word that tells us to come out of the world and be separate, 2 Corinthians 6, 17. To cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit, 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 1. And how to abstain from evil, 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12. This is the word that tells us to set our affection above, Colossians 3 and verse 2. And to present our lives as the gospel of Christ, Philippians 1, 27. Dear friends, this is the pattern of morality. God's word will guide us. God's word will help us. In John 12:48, Jesus said, He that rejects me and receives not my words has one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Yes, dear friends, the Bible, the Word of God, you can depend on it. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So let me place God's Word within my life. Let everyone place God's Word within their lives. Let everyone use God's Word in the situations of which we face, and not pervert that Word, but take it to guide us. 
Yes, dear friends, we will stand firm on the Word of God. The best pattern for morality is the Bible. Now, dear friends, we brought forth a lot of good things. We encourage good Bible study. We are encouraged ourselves when people tune into our broadcast to study, to learn, to listen. We'd like to encourage you to continue that thought, to continue that thinking. That's why we offer a free Bible study course by mail. Here is our J-Web with all the details that you need to know how you can receive that study. Your friends at the International Gospel Hour are offering absolutely free a Bible study course by mail. You may study in the privacy of your own home at your own pace. Feel free to give it a try. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and please leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Home Study in the message box. We'll send it right away. Thank you for your interest in the things of God. And now, back to Jeff. Thank you, Jay, and our study will come to you as soon as possible. And listen, while we're at it, how about some words about our good friends at HouseToHouse.com? Once again, our Jay Webb. We at International Gospel Hour appreciate our co-laborers at HouseToHouse.com, an outstanding website with topic research, free materials, and an excellent media section. Check it out today at HouseToHouse.com. That's HouseToHouse.com. So, dear friends, the best pattern for morality, the Holy Bible. Let's embrace it, let's study it, and let's grasp it together. And we're going to continue our studies together another time. Thanks always for joining me on the International Gospel Hour broadcast. I'm Jeff Archie, and dear friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope, first, that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series, by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. Oh.